بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعد my brothers and sisters in my Arabic course we have a story that we read and we uh, work out the grammar of it and so on. It's called the story of Khalid. Now this Khalid has a younger brother and um, as part of the story the younger brother says that he lost one year in his uh, school because he said Sadiqi Mat. He said my friend died. Now I read this story about two or three days ago and I distinctly remember thinking to myself your friend died, okay, so your friend died but how do you lose a whole year in school because your friend died and subhanAllah two days later I realized how this can happen Alhamdulillah for Islam Alhamdulillah for the connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Jalla Jalalu. Alhamdulillah for being able to understand the reality and truth of life. Because without that, when your friend dies, depending on the depth of your friendship, it's like you die yourself. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us and his Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us that death is part of life. Kullu nafsin za'iqatul mawt Fa'innama tuwafawna uyurakum yawm al-qiyamah Faman zuhzi'a anin nari wa udkhila al-jannata faqad faz Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said every living thing will die and you will get the real ajr, the real reward of your deeds on the day of judgment and then Allah said the one who has been freed from the hellfire and entered into Jannah Fakat Faz only that person is successful and truly the life of this world is only deception Sadaqallahu Lazim Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's word is the truth Rasulullah said to us that if you encounter Tragedy. If something tragic happens to you, he said, remember my death. Remember my death. Now, why is that? Because, alhamdulillah, no tragedy can affect us, can affect a Muslim who understands Islam and who is connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a way that is negative. Because the biggest tragedy of all a tragedy beyond which there can be no other tragedy was the passing away 
of Rasulullah And that has already happened. So anything else that happens after that can only be lesser than that. Umm Ayman anha was the nurse and the caretaker and the great companion, the great Sahabiyah of Rasulullah who saw him literally from birth to death. Nobody else in the family of Rasulullah or among his companions, among the Sahaba, was with the Rasulullah through his entire life, from his birth to his death, except Umm Ayman radiallahu anha. After Rasulullah passed away one day, Abu Bakr and Umar radiallahu anhuma went to visit Umm Ayman radiallahu anha. <coughs> and when she saw them, she wept. So they tried to console her and they said to her, Ya Ummuna, O our mother, do not weep. They said, Are you weeping because Rasulullah passed away? He said, they said, we are in the same situation. We are trying to come to terms with the grief. She said, I'm not weeping because he passed away, because I know he was a human being. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that every living being will die. She said, I'm weeping because when he passed away, why he stopped. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala no longer spoke to us. The revelation stopped. This is perspective that Islam gives us, alhamdulillah. So, when my dear and dearest friend and my dear brother, Abdan Mahmud passed away, it was a huge shock. It was a major, major shock for me. It was like a piece of me died, a piece of my heart died. But Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Allah bi zikrillahi tatma innul qulub. So I picked up the Quran and I started reciting it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave me peace. And Alhamdulillah, the, the hosan of it, the sadness of it, the grief of it, I will take to my grave. There is nothing that can replace that. But Alhamdulillah, we come to terms with it, we understand it. By the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helps us to become calm and to become collected and to face grief with dignity. I remember I always used to tell people, and I still tell people, that the true legacy of a person, and I usually say this in uh, in the parenting classes and you know raising a Muslim child, my book on it, when I do workshops on that. I say to people and especially to parents, I say to them, give your children memories. Give your children memories. It's not it's not your material wealth which will last. It won't last. Material wealth is there no matter how much you earn, no matter what you leave behind for them. Uh, 
it may be there it may decrease it may end it may increase or whatever the case might be but it's material wealth and may Allah protect us from ourselves if you did not raise your children properly that material wealth will become the cause of conflict between brothers and sisters and that is truly truly tragic if brothers and sisters fight over brick and mortar and mud and earth and land and trees and grass then they are no better than animals but this is what material wealth can do the whole world can seize this where people forget the relationships of the womb about which they will be questioned and they fight over a house or they fight over some land and they will build a wall through the middle of a house and divide it and this piece is mine and that piece is yours and these two inches here and two inches there inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun so material wealth this is what material wealth does give children memories and i also say to people and i remind myself that whether you want to give them memories or not believe me you are giving them memories it's not in your control you are giving them memories what is in your control is to decide what kind of memories how do you want to be remembered and what do you want to be remembered for these are i think the two most important questions that uh, are critical for us to think about and reflect on because if we don't think about these questions how do i want to be remembered and what do i want to be remembered for then you will be remembered for things that will not be a legacy of honor so when adnan passed away i was thinking to myself what was his legacy what memories did he give us in 2000 1999 31st of december 1999 i returned to uh, india from america and that's a story in itself but we won't go there just now when i reached hyderabad almost the first thing i think it happened probably within the first two weeks of me being there my uncle mr ros khadri uh, organized a lecture in lapale royal in uh, secunderabad and the title of the lecture was am i a muslim am i a muslim may allah bless him alhamdulillah it went off well um out of that lecture was raised the question in the q and a session people asked me questions related with different kinds of uh, uh, cultural and uh, pseudo religious practices um and so on which uh, uh, were and i suppose are prevalent in hyderabad and i answered them and i realized to myself that what was rest necessary was a class or a series of classes uh, on aqidah so i offered to the people and i said if you want i will hold i will give you classes on aqidah aqidah tahbiya and uh, inshallah this will answer all your questions if you're asking me now questions piecemeal and i'm giving you answers piecemeal instead of that why don't i do a whole course 
on aqidah tahbiyah the aqidah of uh, the ahlus sunnah wal jamaah and uh, this is common to all the madhabs so you know inshallah people agree and we started that session the first session we had was in zakat trust uh, uh we had a house full of people there um and that was a weekend and there i was requested to do a session also for women in a class uh, that was being held in uh, banjar hills so i agreed so the second day onwards i was doing two classes one in the morning and one in the afternoon of i think roughly about 2 hours each uh, same lesson twice one in the morning one in the afternoon and we went through the whole week now i remember the first day when we started the lesson i thought to myself who is going to come because i said this has to be done with tasalsul it has to be done continuously and uh, it will take whatever time it takes and i said i guess it will take about a week uh, because we can't do the whole thing in one day and so it will take about a week and then having said that i, I thought to myself who is going to come because this is these are working people it's a whole working week uh you know people have to take time out and this is the during during working hours uh, we had no choice i mean uh, apart from having it in the middle of the night so what people came and alhamdulillah we had a house full in both places zakat trust and that now once that finished and there was a, a request from different people to say uh, why don't you have classes uh, on different uh, religious subjects and one of the main reasons was because i also realized and everybody realizes that especially among the um muslims who are uh, educated in english medium schools and i guess that now practically applies to everybody in uh, hyderabad um urdu is almost not existent i even joke about this i mean joke in a unfortunately it's not funny but i you know i i joke about it when people say when when they have these uh, gatherings of you know um, of of protection for urdu and support for urdu and uh, so on and so forth and and then everyone makes uh, big speeches about how uh, the government of india is not uh, is neglecting urdu and uh, not supporting urdu and you know so on and so on uh, i always make it a point of asking a very simple question i ask the i ask the speakers as the organizers i tell them i said i agree with you uh, the government of india should support urdu and should protect urdu it's a it's an indian language i mean you know why why should the why should the government of india not protect urdu when it's an indian language but my question is is very simple my question is you are sitting here you are making this big speech about how urdu should be protected how urdu is neglected tell me which urdu newspaper do you buy do you get a, do you get an urdu newspaper at home and the answer 99% of the time is no second question is do your children or can your children read urdu do your children read urdu do you read urdu do you read urdu books do you read the the urdu newspaper and the answer once again is no so i say to them it's very good you want the government of india to protect urdu when you yourself have no have no uh love for urdu i mean doesn't doesn't even doesn't even make sense so anyway what we uh, this need which was felt was a need for durusul islam lessons of islam uh, 
in English. Um, unfortunately, as I said, our uh, the, the younger generations, including, and when I say younger generations, I'm not talking about the parents of, of children who are in their 20s. So we are talking about anyone from 60 years downwards. Um, we found that they don't speak Urdu, they don't understand Urdu. What they call difficult, which is the, mashallah, beautiful Urdu that our ulama speak, which I absolutely, for me, it's a joy to sit in a, in a Urdu lecture by one of our ulama and just listen to the language, the beautiful flow and the cadence and the, uh, the literally the, the the music of the language. It's such a beautiful language, but sadly our people, yeah, especially the 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 youth. And as I said, the youth. When I'm saying youth now, I'm talking about people in their forties, uh, and then downwards. They don't understand it. So we said, okay, uh, two ways. One is keep moaning and groaning about how they don't understand Urdu, or do the thing in English. And that is how these English lessons and duru started. For that, Adnan Bhai hired Paiga uh, Palace. He hired the uh, the wedding hall there, Paiga Palace. And so we used to have them every weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Um, and then what he did was that in those days, electricity was kind of, you know, hit and go. Um, so he hired a generator to sit there to provide electricity for us in the classes. Now, this was this was Adnan. Um, any requirement of the deen, he would be the first person to say, Labaik, first person to respond to it. And then he would respond to it in the best possible way. He didn't bring some trash from somewhere. He didn't bring some waste stuff from somewhere. He didn't bring something lying unused and say, let, let us use. No. He hired the best. He bought the best. He did the best. So those lectures we used to uh, we used to do in Paga Palace. Uh, my dear nephew and may Allah bless him, Saeed, used to record them audio. Uh, we didn't have great recording facilities and so on in those days. Um, and we went through that for a couple of years. And then we established the masjid in uh, in Banjara Hills. And in the masjid, we said, we are going to have classes every weekend because that was the whole purpose of the budget. The khutbah of Juma would be in English, meaning the bayan would be in English and then the uh, weekend classes. Now, in those weekend classes, every single weekend, every single class, who was sitting in the first row of the men's section? Adnan Mahmud. With a notebook and with a pen and taking notes. Who was sitting in the first uh, sub first row of the women's section? Asma Bhabi, his wife. Same way, taking notes. MashaAllah, the children all grew up in that environment. Alhamdulillah. Uh, I used to think to myself, that here this man who's coming all the way from Sikandrabad um, for this lecture. He's never late. Both of them, may Allah bless them, never late. They come with such seriousness and they come with notebooks to take notes. And may Allah bless Asma Bhavi. She also used to come with a glass of orange juice, which I was, was most appreciated. Uh, SubhanAllah. I mean, every uh, requirement of the deen, same thing, etikaf, we used to have, and SubhanAllah, Allah blessed that masjid uh, and gave us so much barakah. 
May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make that masjid a means of sadaqa jariya uh, for Adnan Mahmood and for all those who are involved in the establishment of it and the protection of it and the uh, and, and, and the running of it, uh, trying to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Uh, Alhamdulillah, it's a matter of great satisfaction uh, to me that uh, you know all of this work was done by all these people completely pro bono. Uh, you know, no one ever took a penny for any, any of that. Um, I am deliberately not mentioning the names of all the people involved because there are many of them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has been, always been very, very, very kind to me and gave me uh, supporters, the likes of which I cannot even begin to describe. But Alhamdulillah. May Allah bless all of them and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, make me worthy of uh, having such people as my friends and supporters in this work of deen. So, um, when the masjid was established in Etikaf, Allah gave us a lot of barakah. In that little place, there were times, there were years in which we had 80, 90 people making Etikaf. In the night, they would be sleeping like sardines. We just sleep for a couple of hours. After Fajr, we would sleep for a while and literally like sardines. Um, we, have, we had a funny incident once when one of the uh, older people, he got up and he, he, was, he was groggy, he wanted to go to the bathroom and he stepped on somebody's belly. <laughs> we had a big laugh with that. Now, in that Etikaf, Constantly, Adnan Bhai, yeah, he, he called, uh, he, used to, he had these beautiful names for people. He used to call Ahmad Crown Prince. Uh, and he used to call uh, Ahmad Sayyid uh, Marde Mujahid. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. So, uh, he would say to Ahmad uh, Crown Prince, Oh, uh, caterer, Sahiri, who is two days ago, so, he brought the same suhoor uh, two days in a row. You must ask him to change it and, and give them variety. How can they eat uh, the suhoor two days in a row? So, I think to myself, I eat the same suhoor 30 days in a row without exception. Alhamdulillah. But this was Adnan. You know, give the best. Give the best. A couple of times, I told him, I said, look, let us pay for this. We are staying here in this masjid. Alhamdulillah, I mean, that masjid is, you know, may Allah bless uh, all those people who come there and, and bless their wealth and bless their families and bless their lives. Uh, there is nobody there who is hurting for money. Right? Alhamdulillah. We all have enough. We have, we have enough and more, Alhamdulillah. So I said to Adnan, I said, look, it is normal. It is acceptable. It is something which is uh, good in deen. It is good for the people also. To contribute, so let people contribute. They are they are here. They are eating. They are you know staying. We are using electricity. We are using air conditioning. Uh, we are using water and, and so on. And there is plenty. Nothing is is uh, rationed. Uh, so let us pay, and we can pay. There's, there's there's no problem to pay. I told him that a couple of times. Then he tells me one day, Sheikh, oh, you and he used to tell me, Sheikh, you know, you are our Sheikh, you do your job. Right? Teach us Islam. I mean, this is, uh, leave this, this is all uh, administrative stuff, leave it to us. Uh, don't, don't, go, don't get into this. He never allowed anybody to pay. He used to pay for the whole thing. For the water, for the food, for the, for the works. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give him the reward for the etikaf of all of us who stayed in etikaf and who um, who benefited from uh, his generosity. And Asma Babi, equally. Our standard thing which we look forward to every day, it was almost like we cannot break our fast unless we get Faluda from their house.
and this is not they didn't buy it from some shop this this was made at home and sent it would come from from uh, their house and our our our, our dear and most beloved amir is who aman mahmud aman mahmud subhanallah beautifully beautifully raised children may allah bless all of them totally involved in khidmah i appointed him the amir totally involved. always working for the people always doing khidmat quietly no uh, you know no 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 uh, as you call it urdu shai show and no fanfare and nothing quietly doing his job uh, giving more than anybody ever gave him may allah bless him all of them mashallah zishan and farhan and and naban and and aman and and fatima ma maswarallah i mean beautiful beautiful children who he raised so alhamdulillah today this is what i say give memories now i am sitting here uh, narrating to you these memories uh, also because i want to honor my my brother and friend uh, but also to show that this is an example for all of us give people memories and i'm sure there are people people have been sending me messages our friends from who knew adnan and every one of those messages is full of such beautiful memories he did this for us he did that for us he did that for us alhamdulillah i want to end this by two final things one is how do i remember adnan mahmood subhanallah i'm sitting here today in this bennington in uh, bennington college i'm doing an intensive course as i said in arabic language and uh, i'm sitting under this uh, beautiful tree uh, looking at the mountains of abant and what do i see i see standing in front of me adnan mahmood huge smile on his face adnan mahmood's signature didn't come from his pen it came from his face may big huge smile from year to year and a shock of hair on his forehead Subhanallah may Allah keep that smile always may Allah keep that smile in his grave as he answers the questions and the malaika may Allah keep that smile on his face when he is resurrected and give him the shade of the arsh on the day when there is no shade except his shade Allahumma adillana tahat arshuk lawma ya lawma yawma la dillu illa dilluk And may Allah subhanahu wa taala keep that smile on his face when he meets Rasulullah sallallahu on the house and gets the water of al-kawthar from the blessed hand of Rasulullah sallallahu. May Allah subhanahu wa taala keep that smile on his face when he stands before Allah and Allah says to him, "I have forgiven you. Go into Jannah." May Allah keep that smile on his face as he's sitting in Jannah. And may Allah subhanahu wa taala gather us all together, those who have passed and those who will pass, at the feet of Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and listen to him reciting the Quran al-Karim in his beautiful voice. And may Allah subhanahu wa taala keep that smile on his face when he jalla jallahu announces and says, "Shall I give you something which is better?" And inshallah, we will say, Ya Rabb, you have given us all of this. What can be better? And he will say, What is better is 
that I now announce that I am pleased with you and will never be displeased. My final memory of Avadnan is his Takya Kalam, is his the foundation of his speech, something that he repeated I don't even know how many times in a day, and that was Husband Allah wa Ni'mal Wakil. For everything, Husband Allah wa Ni'mal Wakil. If I was going somewhere, I would say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to this or, this or that place. Sheikh, husband Allah, who never wakil. Safe travel, Sheikh, come back safe. Husband Allah, who never wakil. Wallahi, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not let down somebody who trusts him. And this tawakkul of Adnan is my memory. And something that is asas for me, that is a support for me, that is something that I hold on to. Husband Allah who never wakil. Never wakil. Allah, there is no one who is a better helper and a better advocate and a better supporter of us than yourself, Jalla Jalalu. And you are sufficient for us. Husband Allah who never wakil. You are sufficient for us. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Please make dua for my brother and my friend, Adnan Mahmud. يا رب يا كريم وصلى الله على نبي الكريم وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين برحمتك يا رحمة الرحيم